0: Mother, father, Margot, and I were sitting quite pleasantly together when Peter suddenly came in and whispered in father's ear. I caught the words, a barrel falling over in the warehouse, and someone fiddling with the door. Margot heard it too, but was trying to calm me down, since I'd turned white as chalk and was extremely nervous. The three of us waited. In the meantime, Father and Peter went downstairs, and a minute or two later, Mrs. Van Dan came up from where she'd been listening to the radio. She told us that Pim, my nickname for my father, had asked her to switch it off and tiptoe upstairs. But you know what happens when you're trying to be quiet. The old stairs creaked twice as loud. Five minutes later, Peter and Pim, the color drained from their faces, appeared again to relate their experiences. They had positioned themselves under the staircase and waited. Nothing happened. Then, all of a sudden, they heard a couple of bangs, as if two doors had been slammed shut inside the house. Pim bounded up the stairs, while Peter went to warn Dussel, who finally presented himself upstairs, though not without kicking up a fuss and making a lot of noise. Then we all tiptoed in our stocking feet to the Fundan family on the next floor. Mr. Fundy had a bad cold and had already gone to bed, so we gathered around his bedside and discussed our suspicions in a whisper. Every time Mr. Fundy coughed loudly, Mrs. Fundy and I nearly had a nervous fit. He kept coughing until someone came up with the bright idea of giving him codeine. His cough subsided immediately. Once again, we waited and waited, but heard nothing. Finally, we came to the conclusion that the burglars had fled when they heard footsteps in an otherwise quiet building. The problem now was that the chairs in the private office were neatly grouped round the radio, which was tuned to England. If the burglars had forced the door and the air raid wardens were to notice it and call the police, that would get the ball rolling, and there could be very serious repercussions. So Mr. Fandan got up, pulled on his coat and pants, put on his hat, and cautiously followed Father down the stairs, with Peter, armed with a heavy hammer to be on the safe side, right behind him. The ladies, including Margot and me, waited in suspense, until the men returned five minutes later and told us that there was no sign of any activity in the building. We agreed not to run any water or flush the toilet— but since everyone's stomach was churning from all the tension, you can imagine the stench after we'd each had a turn in the bathroom. Incidents like these are always accompanied by other disasters, and this was no exception. Number one. The Torin bells stopped chiming, and they were always so comforting. Plus, Mr. Foscoio left early last night, and we weren't sure if he'd given Bep the key and she'd forgotten to lock the door. Well, the night had just begun, and we still weren't sure what to expect. We were somewhat reassured by the fact that between 8.15, when the burglar had first entered the building, and 10.30, we hadn't heard a sound. The more we thought about it, the less likely it seemed that a burglar would have forced a door so early in the evening, when there were still people out on the streets. Besides that, it occurred to us that the warehouse manager at the keg company next door might still have been at work. What with the excitement and the thin walls, it's easy to mistake the sounds. Besides, your imagination often plays tricks on you in moments of danger. So we lay down on our beds, though not to sleep. Father and mother and Mr. Dussel were awake most of the night, and I'm not exaggerating when I say that I hardly got a wink of sleep. This morning, the men went downstairs to see if the outside door was still locked, but all was well. Of course, we gave the entire office staff a blow-by-blow account of the incident, which had been far from pleasant. It's much easier to laugh at these kinds of things after they've happened, and Bep was the only one who took us seriously. Note. The next morning, the toilet was clogged, and Father had to stick in a long wooden pole and fish out several pounds of excrement and strawberry recipes, which is what we use for toilet paper these days. Afterward, we burned the pole.